to the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be there today. And the title of the message tonight is Our Greatest Commodity. Our Greatest Commodity. Before we go into scripture tonight, I would like to give a little update of a couple things that you've been praying for so you see the, um, the advance or also if you have not been praying for that you will start praying for them. Number one is um, the church that started in Venezuela. Just this past couple of weeks, they have a baptism time where they baptized over 12 people that Sunday. It was last Sunday past. And they have a great time. Um, they, they, this is not the, the church. They rented a facility that had a pool. And Pastor Antonio and all the church have their, their service last week in um, their resurrection service. And these people, these brothers, decide to obey God in, in baptism. And so great it is that even though it's a, it's a church plant, it's in Venezuela, with all what they are facing, you see people being added to the church. Twelve folks being baptized and now ser- ser- serving the Lord in that country. I want you to be praying for this church that uh, planted in Venezuela because they are still in need of a roof. They have the building, but it need a roof. So be praying for that. I believe maybe a few months ago we were, um, we were talking about, about that. So pray for them, if you would please. They're still in need of that roof. Also, a few months ago, and I think in December, I, 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 again, I speak about pa- Paola, this little girl that had a tumor in her eye and that the church gave to her to be able to go through chemo. We thought it was going to be four different chemos. It ended up being eight, and she's still in the process of the cancer or the swelling going down. But, praise God, this is how she looked today. You can see a much, much better, much more improved. Thank God there is enough funds to be able to pay for the next two chemotherapy treatment that she's going to need, and then surgery. But we keep praying for, for her. This was sent to me maybe 10 days ago when she was doing her treatment. And as you can see, the, they took her picture. She exhausted for the, from the treatment. But you could see the tumor already gone down a whole lot. It's not as it used to be a, year, um, a few months ago. And I really wanted you to, to, to see that and to be praying for her. She's Paola. She's in Venezuela. And hopefully, after a couple more treatments, she's going to be able to do our surgery, and most likely all this treatment is going to save that little kid, that little girl's life. So thank God for that. Yep. Um, as I mentioned, um, the message tonight, I titled it, Our Greatest Commodity. How many ladies do grocery shopping for their home? Most ladies, right? How many men do the grocery shopping? All right, there are many, many men. That's good. Well, I used to do the grocery shopping many years ago, many, many, a long time ago. Now and again, I, I, 
I will do it, but, but it's a ministry that Miss Julia took away from me. She took it away from me because she said that I buy stuff the family doesn't eat. I buy stuff that I like. And of course, cookies and ice creams got to go into the list. And the other thing why she took that ministry away from me is because I usually just pick up and put in the basket. I like it. It look good. Go in the, in, in, in the basket. Most ladies will look at the price, look at the pounds, check it and compare with others. And I mean, I give all <laughs> us men are we more practical. Go in and that's it. I, I, I mean, I, I sometimes think, uh, you know, how my wife does, does it. And I, and I think that's how most ladies does do it. You know, they buy certain things at certain places. They, she go to ShopRite for this. Then she go to Aldi's for this. Then she go to the food market for this. I will go crazy if I have to do all of that job. That's like too much running around for food. I go to one place and buy it all. And it doesn't work because the price of stuff are going up. I went the other day and I was checking out meat. Oh my goodness. $15 for, for, for steak. And I was like, what? Is this Angus? I don't want Angus. I want regular steak. But the price went up. Chicken. It used to be the cheapest thing you could buy was chicken. Not, not anymore. Those Purdue chicken, they're feeding them I don't know what. Their price went up. So people, you, you, you hear it all over the place. Inflation, inflation, inflation. You know, prices are... are are more expensive, things are more expensive. You got to tighten your budget. You know the price of gas. I remember when I came to this country in 1996, I remember the gallon of gas was like 80 cents. Uh, you know, uh, those prices will never come back, right? 80 cents for a gallon of gas. And now it's like what? Three, three dollars or three plus, something like that here in New Jersey. In other places, like four something, and everybody's saying inflation, inflation. And if you listen to the economists and people that, you know, follow the economy, financial advisors, they will say, in these days, what you got to do is buy what? Gold. Buy gold. Take all your, all your, um, all your, um, savings and whatever you have, change it over and buy gold because you see, gold will never lose price. Gold is always going to go up. It's the best commodity to have your savings and your retirement. Change all your retirement into gold. Buy gold. Gold or silver, but gold is it. Everybody loves gold and gold is the precious metal. I remember the first time I saw this guy do one of these commercials. He had black hair. And he's still doing these commercials. Maybe you have seen this before. Watch this. Leave church tonight and go to your computer and start, you know, pastors that should buy gold. Not, this is just an illustration, so don't go crazy, all right? Mankind put a great value to gold. In fact, for man, gold is one of our greatest commodities. But in these nine verses of the first chapter of Peter, Peter is going to speak to a group of believers, to the believers and to us to today, that we own 
If you are a believer, we own a greatest commodity, a commodity that is greater than gold. Let's begin reading, if you would please, chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Pause there for a second. I just want to point this out. Who is writing this letter? Who is writing this letter? We're talking about Paul and Peter. Peter. The Peter that one night said to Jesus, that he was the best of the other disciples, that if the other disciples were going to, um, you know, forget him and, 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 and betray him, that he will never do that. And, and Jesus told them, barely said unto you, before the rooster crawl, you will deny me three times. That's the same Peter. That's the Peter that walked around with a weapon. He was the disciple that, had, that was armed. The night they came for Jesus and arrest him, it was Peter that took out the sword and went after Malchus' head to cut his head off. If that guy did not duck, his head would have been chopped off. He cut his ear. And Jesus performed a miracle that very same night. Peter was not at the cross. In fact, the, 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 the youngest of the disciples were the ones that were at the cross. Peter was watching from afar off. Well, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see a different Peter. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see a Peter that is a leader of the disciples. is a leader in the early church. We see a Peter preaching to thousands and Pentecost. Over 3,000 3, get baptized. We see a Peter opening the gospel to the Gentiles, going to the house of Cornelius and preaching to them. It's a different man now, that Peter. And he's writing to those strangers, scattered, those pilgrims, those foreigners. Why are we called like this? Because you see, the early church, the early believers, had it clear in, the, in their mind that they were just strangers, pilgrims. They were just passing by through this world. That they had somewhere better and somehow better in heaven. That this world was not final for them. Especially because the one he's writing to were being persecuted. Were being persecuted and they needed, they couldn't stay in one place. They were Running for their life, literally. In verse 2, in verse 2, he called them elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Elect. Elect, do you know that God thought about you even before the foundation of the world? Elect, that God purposed in his heart to have you and I to have the blessing to be able to believe in him. He's the one one to work in us the, the salvation faith 
to come to him. Elect. Why will he choose you? Why will he choose me? I don't know. Only through his mercy can we comprehend. Elect. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience. And listen to this. I like this part where he says, sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. The sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. There are three occasions in the Old Testament where you see the sprinkling of the blood on people. In Mount Sinai, in the, old co- in the old covenant, we see the sprinkling of the blood. In Aaron's ordination with his, children, with his, with his sons to become the high priest of Israel, we see the sprinkling of the, of the blood. And in Leviticus, when a leper was, was, was healed and was now cleansed, part of the ritual was to sprinkle him with, with blood to declare him clean. Now the beautiful thing of this, and, 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 and Peter interjecting that there, is that for those who believe in Jesus Christ, all three things are true for us. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are part of the new covenant, the grace covenant, the new covenant that Jesus opened for all those who believe. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we also have made a royal priesthood. Kings and kings of him. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, just like the lepers, our sins are washed away forever. In order to be clean, in order to be saved, in order for our sins to be forgiven, you need to go through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Then he said in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God. When was the last time you blessed, we blessed God? We may remember the last time we pray and ask something of him. But when was the last time we bless his name? We bless his name for what he has done. We bless his name for who, he's, who he is. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 103. If you could look it up as you would please. Psalm 103. In Psalm 103... The psalmist write and says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who heal all, her, all thy diseases, who redeemed thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord has secured righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He may known his ways unto Moses, 
is asked unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenous in mercy. He will not always shine, neither will he keep his anger forever. He had not dealt with us after our sins, nor reward us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far had he removed our transgression from us. Like a father pitied his children. You have kids? You remember when you would tell your kids, don't run, you're going to get hurt. Maybe they started doing their steps and they want to let go your hand and start running, just starting their step. And you warn them, don't run, you're going to get hurt. But what do they do? What do they do? They run. And they run and they're going, they're going, and all of a sudden, right on their face. Flat on their face. Next thing you see, a big swelling and blood, and here comes the screams. And they cry. Which father go? I told you, I told you, I told you. Which of you will go? Ha ha. Look at you. Anyone did that? Anyone went, come, come, come and see. Look at him. I told you, I told you. You got that because you don't listen. (laughs) No one does that. No one does that. And if you do, you're wrong. No one does that. You go, you pick them up. And they're like, (laughs) and you look at his face, and you rub, and you kiss it, and you try to calm them. And they're going, (laughs) it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, (laughs) it's okay, it's okay. And you kiss it, and you say, you got to listen to Poppy, remember to, (laughs) yeah, you're going to listen, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) They hug you again. Is this coming on YouTube? I hope not. (laughs) It's I, as a sinner, can do that with my children. It's I, as a sinner. The Bible says, have the father pitied his children. What he says about God? So the Lord pitied them. That fear him. Blessed be the God and Father. If you are never fine, if you we we ought to find something every day to bless his holy name. We have a reason to bless his holy name every single day. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, his abundant mercy. You see, his holiness makes us guilty. His power will crush us.
everything started with you and I because of God's abundant mercy. Everything started in your walk with him because he looked at you and had mercy. Praise God for his abundant mercy. He said he had begotten us again. He make us renew. He make us born again. Remember 2 Corinthians 4, 17? Therefore, is any man being Christ, he's a what? New creature. We were made new. God is not in the business to pass your life. God is in the business of making new life, giving new life, giving new birth. He has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Only God can give a lively hope, this human hope, this earthly hope, this, this mankind uh, uh, hope that, that, that cannot last, that cannot stand, that, that is not true, that is not strong, cannot, cannot be compared to the lively hope, to the true hope, salvation, eternal salvation, which is given to us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, then Peter continues saying the following. That those who are elect, those who are being sprinkled, those who have been given, who have been begotten new and given a lively hope. Verse 4 he said to an inheritance, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away reserved in heaven for you. To an inheritance. Have you ever received an inheritance? Someone left something for you? My grandmother make a big mistake. God bless her. She put me into her inheritance and four other people. <laughs> so you know what happened when you have four people for one inheritance. Anybody want to take a guess? Oh, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. At the end of the day, that what she worked for, sadly, that job that she invested our, our life to put together for the family end up being sold and someone else is enjoying it. It's really sad, but that happened all, all, that happened all the time, right? You see people fighting for inheritance, suing each other for, for inheritance, but the inheritance that we have from God, the inheritance that we have from the Lord, the inheritance that he's given us is one that is incorruptible. It's one that is undefiled and one that faded not away. That is, you are in the business of trophies, right? And plaques, and he does a great job. I mean, I'm seeing down there in, the, in, 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 in his basement doing his work, and he's like this master maker, putting things together and, 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 and making the letters. And sometimes when I go to his house, they're out there in display for people to pick up, and that table, I say, wow, that looks good. But as beautiful as that look, any plaque, any trophy, any me me medal, 
at the beginning, it looked good. It looked shiny. You put it on a, on, on a pedestal. You put it there in, on a table somewhere to be displayed. But if you just leave it there, what would happen? Dust, cobwebs, and sooner or later, with time, even some of the words, the letters start fading. They need to be polished again, be clean, be redone sometimes. They've got to be t- t- caring. They have, it had to be taken care of. But you know what? What has been promised to us in Jesus Christ is incorruptible. Nothing can touch it. The Bible says not only incorruptible, it says it will perish not. The Bible said that it, it will not fade away and it said it is reserved in heaven for you. Go to Romans chapter 8 if you would please. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse, verse 414. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for as many, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be we are suffer with Him, that we may also glorify, we also be glorified together. Heirs are inheritance in heaven, not here on earth. And the point of Peter speaking like this to these believers is that so many a times, even as Christians, we walk as if our expectancy, our hope is here. We walk as if our desire are here. And Peter is telling them, no, listen. Because now in the next verse, you're going to see what they're going through. They're going through trials. They're going to tribulations. They're going to temptation. And he's trying to encourage them and telling them, your reward will not be here. Your reward is in heaven. Your reward is in heaven. Whatever we could get here is going to be corrupted. Whatever we could get or, 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 or gather here is going to fade away. But what God is reserving for you is our greatest commodity. That you obtain that reward because of faith. Look at the very next verse. He says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fading not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through what? Faith. Faith. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Our greatest commodity is our faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that that faith is kept 
not by my power, not by your power, not by my will or your will, but by the will of God. But by the will of God. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Now through a season, is need be. Whatever our life expectancy are, is just a season compared to eternity. It's just a season. Ooh, but look what he says. That which is kept, that faith, that greatest commodity, he said, wherein you rejoice. That salvation is cause to rejoice. No matter how dark it turns, you and I can rejoice because of salvation. I mean, it could be good, it could be bad. I'm saved. I could be healthy, I could be healed, but I'm saved. I could be up, I could be down, but I'm saved. And that is the cause of joy. Even though I might be in heaviness. Verse 7 said that the trial of your faith. Being, more, being much more precious than gold. That perish it. Though it be tried with fire. Do you know that gold is purified with fire? Gold is purified with fire. And they put it. In fire to take out all the impurities and the purer the gold, the more valuable. The purer the gold, the more valuable. Trials and temptation and the fire that sometimes we experience in this life. It's not so much that God, I believe, want to prove to us, want to prove whether we have faith or not. It's actually, I believe, the opposite. It's for me to find out the type of faith, the type, the type of faith that, that, that commodity that I have within me because of Jesus Christ, the type of faith I have, I can display for his honor and his glory. There are certain things I wouldn't know about God and I wouldn't know about Christianity and I wouldn't know about his word. There are certain things I wouldn't know about Jesus. I wouldn't know about my walk with him. It's a wooden gone to trial. It's a wouldn't have gone to trials. Because you see, trials and the fire that purify the believer help us to know and to realize the faith that is within us, what God has given to us. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold. That perishes, though it may be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, that's the goal 
That's the purpose of whatever trials, temptations, or difficulties the child of God goes through. That's the purpose, to bring glory, honor, and praise to the Lord Jesus. Praise, honor, and glory to the Lord Jesus. Who have not seen, and it's interesting that Peter says, say this because you see, he saw the Lord. He knew him. He walked with him for three something years. He saw the resurrected Savior. He knew him. But he says to them, who having not seen, you love. In whom don't know, you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Believer, do we really love God? Do, we, do I love God? Do I joy or I rejoice in the name of Jesus? You see, the natural man, their joy and their hope is like the weather. It changes. It changes according to the climate. If the sun is out and shining like a couple days ago and the weather and the temperature is like in the 70s, ah, we love those type of days, right? We love those type of days. That, those are the days to go biking. Those are the days to go to the park. Those are the days to go shopping. Those are the days to go and walk. Those are the days to enjoy. But when the weather turns dark, but when the weather is rainy, when you see the storms, like just a couple of weeks ago, that all in a sudden was an unexpected storm that, that crossed through this area. And trees start, and, and, and thunder start lightning, and, and trees start waving, and the wind start blowing against the house, and hail the size of, of golf balls start falling in New Jersey in April. You're like, what's going on? Even in situations like that, the believer can have joy. We can have joy. Joy. Even though we have not seen him, we love him. Because of what he has done for us, though we, though, though even we have not seen him now, we believe. And that belief comes because of faith. Because it's faith. Faith that makes us continue on. We walk by faith and not by sight. Receiving the end of our faith, even the salvation of our soul. The end of this all. The end of this greatest commodity that God has given us is our salvation. Is our salvation. Mankind, hope and trust in gold. Gold, a precious commodity for men. Because of Jesus in our hearts and practically in our life, we have our greatest commodity, faith. Faith will pick you up out of any situation. You say, will faith take the situation away? Oh, no. 
Oh no, these believers had to go through those trials. These believers that Peter is talking about, they had to run for their lives. These believers were losing their properties and they had to move from one side to the other. These believers could not escape the situation that they were living at that moment. But because of faith, they could go through it with joy, praising God, knowing quite well that their inheritance is not here. Is up there. Jesus told his disciples, make yourself treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven rather than here on earth. God help us. God help us, number one, to take advantage every single day to bless his name. God help us. God help us to take advantage in our daily life at the faith that has been placed in us and not to live by sight. Not to worry and live like others do, but knowing quite well that our life ought to reflect the joy of Jesus Christ no matter the situation. And God help us to be more worried about our account in the heavens than our accounts in West Fargo, Bank America. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us such promises. Thank you that we are kept by you, by your power. Thank you that you have given us an inheritance that is incorruptible, that faded not away. Thank you that you're giving us, Father God, the promise, the assurance that one sprinkle with your blood, we are kept by you. Lord, it's true that trials and temptation come our way, but help us, help us, help us to realize that our faith is the victory. That our faith overcome this world. That our faith is greater than anything the devil or this world or life can throw at us. And even Father, it's need be for a season we face trials and Many temptations. Help us to resist in faith. To bring praise, honor, and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us in this, will you? We can't do it alone. We need you. Thank you for your word and your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed week, family.